0: The Boogeyman is real. Just listen to these poor folks who have shared their stories. This is Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your true scary stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Monsters are my favorite subject to read about. There are so many different kinds out there, and all of them are the stuff of nightmares werewolves, skinwalkers, abominations of every variety. Let's see what monsters we hear about today with these allegedly true stories. And just so you know, I'm looking for Chuck E. Cheese stories and your creepy cave stories, too. You can send them to me with the links in the description. Also, follow me on Instagram at Darkness Prevails YouTube for some exclusive bonus stories, real quick. Here are the most interesting first five comments from my previous video. Professor Word That Will Get Me Demonetized says, what program do you use to edit? Adobe Premiere Pro. It's just a very cheap monthly subscription and it's very easy to use. M Lolliet says, not going fishing anymore. Well, if you're trying to avoid the monsters and creeps, they'll still find you behind the windows of your home. Muhammad says, Love from Maldives, I'm your biggest fan here. Actually, Mohammed, you might be my only fan there. The Jacks comments, great videos, watch it in my dark basement. You don't have to tell me, dude, I was there with you. And AEM says, when will the live streams be back? I finally got money to donate. I live streamed last night actually for four hours and I'll get back around to another live stream as soon as possible. And you don't have to donate because I still love you. Now, speaking of love, these monsters love your body. Number 1 Creature of the Corn. Submitted by Drew Leon D. This story took place last summer in northwest Ohio at my friend's house. His name is Cole and he has me over to hunt quite often. On this particular occasion, I was over there when he found that his chickens had been torn apart by something. There were parts all over the yard and red mist stained the grass. We set up camp that night, eager to see and catch what had done that. All the while, Cole was furious. This is where you need to know the layout of where we set up camp. We were at the corner of the property with corn behind us and on the sides of us. We were also 15 feet away from his chicken coop so we were pretty close. We sit there quietly chatting and watching when I hear this deep guttural growl and my friend Cole was talking at the time but he heard it too so we both suddenly went quiet. It was coming from behind us. We sat there in total silence for a minute. And this time, we both hear another growl, closer than it was before. It was so deep and loud, we didn't recognize what kind of animal it was coming from. And considering it was growling instead of staying quiet to prey upon something, I knew that it knew we were there and it didn't like it one bit. I knew something was wrong. I told Cole to run and together we took off And as soon as we did, we heard thrashing and crashing through the cornfield behind us. We make it to the deck of his house and I turn around the entire time this animal or thing was growling and making these noises extremely loud but never coming from the corn. I can see the corn moving as Cole is trying to get inside the house. I could see that the corn was twisting and lowering and it was coming right towards us The animal, whatever it was, was making a beeline to exit the corn, a beeline to us. I grabbed Cole's 20 gauge and I fired off a quick shot into the cornfield, exactly where I saw it coming from. The moment that shot rang out, the shot itself was drowned out by the sound of the thing screaming from the corn stalks, screaming like hell had opened up on earth like the screams of thousands in agonizing pain were wailing out. It was the worst sound I'd ever heard. That was when we made it inside, because his parents had heard the sound as well, and they wanted to know what was going on. We told them to stay inside, and luckily, I guess the scream was scary enough to make them listen to us. We didn't sleep at all that night. Can you blame us? The next day, it took all the courage we have to go out into the cornfield. There, we found huge footprints and splatters of dark red that told us that we hid it. I guess all I can say from this story is, be careful what you're hunting for because there's always something that might be hunting you. Number two. The Invisible Creature, submitted by Gothica one I debated on even sharing this story simply because I'm not really sure what to call it. I'm no stranger to the tales of the paranormal or cryptids, and normally I can label something when someone talks about it or if I see something myself, but this one, it really messes with me. And even worse, I think it's trying to hurt people. You see, where I work, there is an attic. Not a creepy, dimly lit, dirty attic. This one is quite large, well-lit, clean, the last setting for a horror film you would think of. There is heavy metal racking that is empty a good part of the year that have steel grids on them. They are heavy enough to hold over a ton, but still loose enough that if you ran on them, They would move and rattle and make noise. Now, the attic has its fair share of awkward things that I could write about, including at one point what I believe was a poltergeist. But this is not the story that I'm sharing. It's not just limited to the attic area, but it is an important factor. So, here goes. It was a few months ago. It was after closing time the first time it happened. I had to go out into the courtyard to put up signs for the next day. The courtyard has a heavy metal ceiling about two stories up, mind you. As I walked to the first automatic door, it opened well before the sensor could have picked me up and it just stood there, open. Something in my head said not to continue further. A wave of unease hit me. It didn't feel like the paranormal feels, because I've had similar experiences like that. No, this was different and it made me nervous. I chose to walk the extra yard to the other door. It was closer to where I needed to put the sign in in the dimly lit yard. As I got close to the door, like the other door, it opened much before I ever got close to it. It was like there was something there that I couldn't see. Then it closed and I cleared my thoughts and went into the courtyard. I had to put the signs out if I wanted to go home and it was getting late, later by the second. I went out there and I felt like I was being watched from the ceiling and as I walked, I could hear something was moving on the high metal beams. It sounded like talons raking against the metal. When I looked up, I saw nothing. No birds, no figures, no shadows, just pure white beams with nothing on them. I put the last sign up, and I could hear that something still following me from above. I began to quicken my pace to the door, and suddenly I heard the shipper of heavy boxes a few feet behind me. It was making noises like something massive had fallen on it or jumped down from above. I looked at the shipper, and indeed there was a huge indent on it that wasn't there before. Faster I moved, but I kept myself from running. As I walked back to where my other co-workers waited for me, I heard the doors open behind me, but there was nothing there. I was very chilled for the rest of the night and afraid to tell my co-workers what I actually saw, or I guess didn't see. The next day I worked, I had chosen to push the strange incident from my mind, trying to shake it off as some sort of unusual daydream or hallucination. The day went by like normal for the first few hours, but I had to run some things up to the attic, choosing to take the elevator for easier and faster transfer. I remember hearing the same metal and claws combination as I began to head upstairs as if it was following me in the underbelly of the attic stairs. It legitimately paused when I looked towards the sound and would only resume when I continued walking, facing away from it. I decided to keep focused and not dwell on it. I've learned dwelling on something seems to make it more curious in you, no matter what it is. I went upstairs and began sorting through the items I needed to. I heard something come up the stairs, but I saw nothing there. I remember feeling that something was perched on one of the beams near me. It was like if I really wanted to see it, I would. Like whatever it was really wanted me to see it. It was a strange feeling of terrifying tug-of-war in my mind. I told myself to ignore it, but there was something else in my head, something that wasn't my own, really screaming at me, saying, see me, look at me. But I ignored it. My whole body felt like it was itching to run, like my instincts wanted to kick in at any moment to survive. But I knew I couldn't. I walked back to the elevator, and I kid you not, the partisan visibly moved, like something large was running along the heavy metal shelves. The racking was actually moving, like something's weight was pushing it down. Something invisible was following me. When I got to the elevator, heart pounding in my chest, I heard it hit the wooden ground in front of the elevator door, and then the elevator shifted. I stood there, focusing on the doors, but I knew that it was now in there with me. I felt it hovering near me, over me, waiting for me to freak out or look at it. Instead, for some unknown reason, to this day I can't even explain it, I reached out for where I felt it was without looking. I tried to touch it. I'm not joking when I felt the elevator shift, like something large had back away suddenly and hit the wall as the doors opened. I walked out at a quick pace, And since then, I haven't heard or felt anything more, and I've said nothing to my coworkers still. But unfortunately, I highly doubt the thing is gone. Because since then, there have been a ridiculous number of injuries upstairs that no one can figure out. I myself got my hand nearly broken by beams that fell at random. Another coworker's experience was even weirder saying he had tripped over something on the ground that was large something he didn't see but felt like flesh and muscle when he fell down off the racking he busted his kneecap and most recently and disturbingly one of my coworkers was put in the hospital for a few days she's suffering permanent brain damage her name is luna another coworker named anna witnessed what happened to her it is still so shaken She can't explain it or figure it out. This is how she explains what she saw. She saw Luna stand up from working, and as soon as she stood up, she saw her head forcefully be slammed into the metal beams next to her. Luna was fine for a few seconds, and then her eyes went wide, and she tried to step away from the beam in what looked like fear. Anna said she looked like she tripped, but as she focused on it, it looked like Luna was slammed into the wall by something. Anna hasn't been the same since, and she won't go up there alone. I'm not sure if it's the same thing I dealt with, but I'm afraid it's getting more brazen. Something tells me it's no ghost, no haunting. This is something else entirely, and it's extremely dangerous. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the Eerie Cast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the U.S. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case, Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. And Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode on Falconer New York deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. While Steve, separately, researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Number 3. The Mythical Creature in the Abandoned Village. Submitted by Mikarlo01. I'm a 20-year-old guy from a little country in Europe called Croatia. When I was twelve or thirteen, something horrifying happened. We were kids full of adventure spirits, my friends and I. One day, we were told by one of my friend's mothers, let's call my friend Martin, that there is an abandoned church somewhere in the forest around my town and that she used to play there when she was young. So me, Martin, and another friend named Luca accepted the challenge to find the spooky church. My town itself is located in a very rural part of the country and it's surrounded on three sides by a great forest and one side with meadows. There's also one abandoned village nearby called Diratina, and that is where we three went. It's not completely abandoned, but in the entire place, only three people live there still. Diratina is surrounded by forest on all sides, and is connected with only gravel roads. Eventually, we arrived to investigate. We came to one point where the road was too destroyed and rugged to ride bikes. So Martin and Luca went to check further on foot while I stayed behind to guard and watch over the bikes. I wasn't really scared because there was no legend of any scary monsters or anything around my town. We didn't have anything like that. It was 17 o'clock and it was summer so we had a bit of daylight left and I really didn't have anything to worry about. But a few minutes after they left, when I was still alone, I began to hear loud screams. At first, they sounded like dogs in pain, and it kind of made me nervous, and I didn't know what to do. I remember thinking, maybe the dogs attacked my friends. I should take a brick and go to help them. At the moment, I was ready to storm away, to come to their rescue. But suddenly, the two started to run back, yelling at me that we had to go. We escaped on our bikes, and when we thought we were safe, we began to talk about what just happened. We were pretty shocked about what we experienced. We talked about the sound we had heard, and they said that it didn't sound like dogs at all. One of them suggested it sounded more like a woman was being beaten. I asked Martin and Luca, did you guys see anything? Martin said no, but Luca added, I think it was coming from one of the abandoned houses out there. Martin said that he had a bad feeling about it, saying, we were trying to look for the church, but the entire time we were out there, there was something sinister, like something didn't want us around. We went home, and the next day Martin came to me, and he handed me a newspaper article to read. When I read it, It gave me chills down my whole spine. It told of a legend about a creature called the Drekovic, or in English, the Howler. Legend says that it is a ghost of an unborn child, that it can't be destroyed until it finds his own peace, and the descriptions of his howl match perfectly with the sound we heard. A scream like a child crying and a wolf's call. They're known to take any children they come across, and personally, from the way it was described, it wasn't so much a spirit as it was our local boogeyman. That was the first and last time we ever tried to venture into that abandoned village. Number four, Kangaroo Man, submitted by J 143 Years ago, when I was younger, probably 10 years old, I was staying at my grandparents' house while my parents were at work. My grandfather always owned livestock, mainly cows, and I loved going with him during the evening to feed them. This particular afternoon, for some reason, I didn't go with him to feed the cattle, mainly because I was ready to go home and it was getting close to dark. To get to the barn where the cows were fed, you had to walk across the pasture and cross a creek to get to the other field where it was located. As my grandfather set out through the pasture, we watched him from the back sliding glass doors and he soon went out of sight through the woods across the creek. My grandmother got up and locked the doors as always, just as a safety precaution because she was a bit of a worrywart. As we watched the television waiting for him, my grandfather, to get back, We were soon shocked when we saw him sprinting through the field. He even jumped the fence, almost knocking down the door before we could open it for him. He was out of breath, panting and pale as a ghost. He was shaking so much, we had to calm him down before he would even talk. He exclaimed that one of the heifers was calved or given birth and that something had dismantled the calf's body and was eating its stomach out He told us it was fresh because the fluids were still warm and the cow was pacing 20 yards from her calf. As he looked around for what did this, he soon saw something he would never forget. Standing upon the hill was a half-man, half-kangaroo looking beast. The top half was man and the bottom half was kangaroo. We laughed in his face even though he was obviously distressed and serious. He even drove us through the field, with loaded protection, of course, and showed us the half-eaten calf. We then knew how serious he was. A few months passed by, and the commotion had died down about the kangaroo man, until it came across Channel 4 news that a neighborhood woman's dog had been eaten alive. The woman being interviewed cried at the fact her dog was gone, and that what had did it was a monster. She described it exactly as my grandpa had, a half-man, half-kangaroo creature. Since then, my grandfather has passed, and the legend of the Kangaroo Man still lives on. We built a house on the land, and to this day, I believe the Kangaroo Man haunts those woods. The most recent experience with the Kangaroo Man was about a year ago. A few of my friends and I were about 70 yards from the house walking through the fields nearest the barn. It was 11.30 at night, and as we headed towards the house in the tall grown grass in the field, we heard something strange. We paused for a second and glanced around, not really seeing anything. We then heard a loud, insidious noise coming from the tall grass only 20 feet away from us My two friends looked at me for guidance and all I could say was run. I knew what it was. We hightailed it out of the pasture to my house and swear we heard the thing chasing after us. Once we got back to the safety of my house, we quickly locked each and every door and we stayed in my room for the rest of the night. We didn't even wake my parents in fear that they wouldn't believe us they would probably think we were playing a joke and get angry. I no longer go outside after dark, or alone for that matter, if I can help it. I'm patiently waiting for the day that I come face to face with the kangaroo man myself. And number five The Banshee of Greenock. Submitted by Blue Rider 18. I live in a small town in Scotland called Greenock, and about a decade ago, me and my mother had just moved into a new home. It was situated right next to my gran and sister. The houses were attached, so it was handy if we ever needed anything. About maybe a year into living there on yet another cold, wet evening, which is what every day and night was in Scotland, my mom had to sleep in my bed because I was recently diagnosed with epilepsy at the time, and she wanted to keep an eye on me whilst I slept, because that was the only time I had seizures. On this night, we were just relaxing like any other night, and had been lying in my bed watching Blue Bloods on my Xbox, when out of nowhere, we start to hear the unholy screams of what sounded like a woman in pain. It sounded horrid, so I jolted forward to go and help, thinking I could have even offered help in my young mind when my mother threw her hand in front of me and said, lie down, son, that's nothing of this world. I asked her what she was talking about, what it was outside, and she replied with, shh, don't worry, I'll tell you in the morning. With that, with that, my mom's mobile phone began to ring and when she answered it, it was my sister who stayed right next door to us. She was crying and sniffing through the phone, asking my mom if she could hear it, if she could hear those screams. I can't remember what my sister said after that. We began to hear what sounded like very loud stomping and scratching on the walls. I was beginning to cry. I looked at my mother and asked her what on earth is happening, and she just said, It's nothing, she's just climbing on the house. With what sounded like stopping coming up the side of the house just as it reached my window, it fell completely silent in a whisper. Eventually, my mom asked my sister if she was still there on the phone, but the connection had dropped for whatever reason. After that, we both just lay there in silence I didn't understand any of it, so it didn't bother me as much as it should have. But now, now that I'm older, my mom told me about this. She explained what was happening those few years ago, told me exactly what it was. She said it was a banshee. In that point in my life, I already knew quite a bit in regards to the paranormal and supernatural, and I was completely blown away to be told this because it had completely left my mind at that point. It still terrifies my sister when we discuss it. I'd say out of all of us, she is the most freaked out about it by far. Just imagine that though, if you will. Hearing the screams and cries of a woman just outside your bedroom, hearing her claw and kick her way up the side of your house, all the while your mother holds you, telling you it's going to be fine. If I was any older then, I think this would have been the most traumatizing, terrifying moment in my entire life. So I guess I'm thankful for that. I hope it doesn't happen to you, but I don't think any of us have that type of control over the creatures and spirits like the Banshee. Things that defy all logic. You know, even if all these terrifying, unreal creatures were all part of a mass hallucination, it would still have the same effect on me. Just witnessing something so ferocious, something so illogical and terrifying in its appearance, It would leave me with nightmares and visits to my therapist on a daily basis. Luckily, I don't think I've seen anything of the sort myself. Well, maybe. I do have a few stories of my own to share, and maybe, just maybe, I'll get to share them with you very, very soon. Good night, my little monsters. Just remember, there's always a bigger, hungrier monster out there waiting to scarf you down like a delectable treat. You can send your true scary stories to me with the links in the description. I'm still looking for creepy stories from Chuck E. Cheese and stories about horrifying encounters in caves. Also, please follow me on Instagram at Darkness Prevails YouTube for exclusive bonus episodes about 100-word horror stories. Thank you all for listening. Thank you even more if you left a like. Stay safe out there and stay creepy.